pretty people. Welcome once again to the Party of One podcast, the actual play RPG podcast where the gaming table is always set for two. I am your host as always, Jeff Stormer. This week, we are joined once again by Wormtooth for the second half of our Lovecraft-esque adventure. When we last left our investigator, our navigator through a strange and arcane world, Max Caldwell was on location to Old Guthrie Road, or is it Old Guthrie's Road? There's a road in a town, they get mixed up. A lot of things seem to be getting mixed up in Old Guthrie Road. Max Caldwell was on location to write Guns Over Guthrie, a spec script sort of transforming an old Civil War drama into a, a Revolutionary War epic. The only problem is, like I said, things started getting mixed up. There was some world hopping, there was some strange pieces where the stories that Max was writing were blurring into the stories that he was the, that he was exploring and discovering about the town. Things were getting weird, and that's about when Max Caldwell pulled up outside while Max Caldwell was standing in his apartment. It's about to take off. This is part two of the game and end game for Lovecraft-esque, both of which are extremely cool and interesting, and I can't wait for you to hear them. So real quick, all I want to say before we dive in, be sure to check the show notes for information about Lovecraft-esque. Be sure to check the show notes for information about Wormtooth. Be sure to go to wormtooth.net to explore the man in the long coat. Wormtooth's horror ARG-inspired fiction story. It's dope. It's cool. I can't recommend it enough. And with all that said, let's dive back into the game already in progress. Okay, so part two can be, so now we jump into part two. Part okay. two can be up to three scenes. It does not have to be three scenes. These are, um, we are now in the shit. Yeah. Things are now, like, way more blatantly supernatural and weird. Okay. Which, considering we've already been going pretty weird and supernatural, yeah. like, it is now getting real. Yeah. Because at the end of any of these three scenes, we can then declare that we are taking the journey into darkness to confront the final horror. Okay, you, you're going to have to repeat that for me. Sure. So we are each going to continue playing out scenes that are going to be more overtly supernatural. Okay. At any part in that, at any part in this process of these next three scenes, we can declare that we're going into part three, which is the end game. Okay. Part three is... The journey into darkness, which is an extended scene in which we take a literal physical journey or a psychological journey to the final horror, where we finally confront the thing that is happening. And then okay. we say the epilogue, which which reveals, you know, what happens after that. But So we play okay. through up to three more scenes, but at any time in those scenes, we can declare we have to have, like, it is now time to confront what is happening. But we can get dark now already that's yeah, not yeah, necessary yeah. okay all right uh all right so let's do this thing so we cut to it five seconds after the door opened yep without thinking and without even really any effort you before the door opened you grabbed the fire hydrant yep stepped behind where the door was going to open Watched yourself open the door, step into the apartment, and now you are standing over what is probably dead, but maybe an unconscious version of what is clearly you, but not you. I am going to drop the fire hydrant, <laughs> or close fire the door. extinguisher. I said yeah, fire the fire extinguisher. Fire drop, the, drop it, panic for a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, panic a little bit close the door and start vigorously like shaking, slapping and just seeing God, I hope that you wake up because I, I need to, I need to know. You immediately are, you're back. It, mm-hmm. it's the moment you just heard that you just hear the Uber pulling away. The fire hydrant is in your hand or the fire extinguisher is in your hand. The door is opening. I throw the extinguisher like, I throw it to the side, and I go for a running tackle instead. Okay. Um, as you tackle the person that is you, the moment that you make contact, you feel a pain in every single nerve ending. And immediately, you are back to the exact same moment where you are holding the fire extinguisher. You've now figured out what it is. And the door is opening. I'm going to stand real still. 
Okay. Uh, the door opens. Um, and the second the door opens and I see myself mm-hmm. start to walk through, I just say, don't move and whatever you do, don't touch me. Um, he says, uh, without turning, without missing a beat, he says, so we've gotten past the obligatory murders then. Well, murder and a half. I don't know how the second one went. Wait, how many are there usually? Uh, it's, it's different every time. Uh, it's, it's, it's hard to explain. (sighs) You, you just need to trust me. I mean, if you can't trust yourself, who can you trust? Am I right? That's a good line. I got to remember that. I am not you. Oh, okay. You can't make guns over Guthrie. Do not go back to the graveyard. He, He then slams the door closed, locks it, and then you hear what sounds like a dirt bike startup. And he's just gone. And he doesn't go towards the town. He goes in the other direction. I need to know. I gotta know. He can't just say that. I'm gonna sit quietly for a moment. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna curse under my breath. That fucker can't. You can't hide this from me. And I'm gonna hit play. And if it's all right for you, I might call for scene end here. Yeah, I do want to say I one hit, thing. I want to say one. Yeah. Th- I just want to paint one small picture right before yeah, we get because I'm gonna hit play specifically. Because I feel like you, you sit down, yep. you take a breath, right, and then you yep. open your eyes, and mm-hmm. every the destruction that you have caused in this room is gone. Like no, no, no. It's it's just it oh, just okay. comes in. A, you kind of forgot because all this other stuff was happening. It is horrendous. You have gone crazy. Like, you are, like, the thought that you might just actually be crazy, like, strikes you as very probable, because this room is not- I did ransack this like, apartment. And and it was because you thought there were cameras. It's a very particular, like, you've, you've seen movies about that. You wrote the beginning of a screenplay about that. And okay. that's when you- Bring up the thing, and you and I, recognize I, that uh, the most dangerous sport would actually be a really good title for the project you did about the person going crazy, violently crazy. Yeah, that's... Fuck, that's a good title. Fuck, because it's... Okay, that's really good. I, I'm going to want to watch that later. I think I'm going to hit play. On the short on film. On Old Guthrie Road, yep. Pennsylvania. A travelogue. A travelogue. Interesting. Um, As you're like scrolling down, like they all kind of like animate like a bit. And yep. it's just like, oh man, you know exactly who all of the characters are. It's like very creepy. Yep. It's like some of the actors you even recognize. Like, ugh. But then you hit play. And that's where we scene change, right? Do we want one more scene or do we want to go into the into part three here? I think we could do one more scene and then okay. the end game, right? Because okay. I feel like uh, there's still this, like, if we had just taken it from the, yeah. any of the I deaths, feel like if I had just left, if we had scene changed there, I feel like then we go into the end game. But yep. because there's like a little bit more of a thread, I think... Um, yeah, I think that's good. Okay. So. So where is our next scene? Um, I think it is. I think the next scene is you. You like it starts with you immediately. It starts with you watching. Yeah. Except it's not a travelogue about Old Guthrie Road, Pennsylvania. Old Guthrie's Road, sorry. It's not a travelogue of Old Guthrie's Road, Pennsylvania, on Old Guthrie Road. Okay. It is specifically, you're actually caught off guard because you're ready to, like, learn all this. And that's when you realize you recognize the faces because this is a behind-the-scenes segment 
for Guns Over Guthrie about coming here and filming on location on the real battleground. Mm-hmm. The you that is you but not you is narrating like, well, you know, I was here for a few days and I came to realize. And as he says this next part, his eyes sink a little bit and he kind of his skin starts to pale a little bit and he just looks like he gets guilty, Mm. frightened, anxious. I realized doing it anywhere else everyone needed to come and experience the town for themselves if they were we needed to film here we needed to film on the site and it's just you're you're watching and you're hearing and they start and they start interviewing actors and they start telling the stories of these characters some of whom you recognize from your you sing hey mickey some of them you recognize from buddy holly Mm -hmm. but they're all telling these like grisly details they're like well you know Marlon Burnside's, it was, you know, it was really tragic that he took that knife and, you know, murdered everyone in his unit. But, I mean, that's kind of the reality of the war that we're trying to portray. It's, we're not, we're not painting a a, a glamorized photo. And they're just these grisly details after grisly detail after grisly detail. And they just seem to be getting more and more intense. And then the on-site footage is just them. They cut to an on-site clip and it's just somebody carrying a script and screaming and screaming, you know, Aaron Thomas shot his commanding officer in the back and fled like a coward. The man was a coward. I am portraying him as the coward that he is to turn and shoot a man dead. And it's, and, and, and you're just, it's 15 minute and it just seems like they're, they're filming and they're shooting and they're recording and everyone, it's just, you feel this unease mm. and then you hear cars out. You hear more cars outside. Outside from the travel, like, uh, so this is just actually outside while I'm watching the travel. Yeah, you hear outside the apartment, you hear a car go by. And, you you know, there are no cars in this area. Like, you, like, you've heard the Uber drive by. But then you hear another car. And then you hear another car. And you're seeing the lights and the headlights. And do you go look? So, what part of the travel log am I at? Did I get to the end? Um, It's right before they kind of cut to the, like, I think you're about, like, two or three minutes from the end. Um, okay. Uh, I'm gonna, like, I guess I'm just gonna keep it rolling. Okay. Um, and I'm gonna, like, kind of try to pay attention while I, like, look out the window, like, look out the, the, there's, like, a window in the door. Um. Yep. And, like, kind of, like, see what, because the the barn doesn't really have windows, right? So you have to go to the door to actually look out the window. But, like, I'm a little weirded out, so I don't want to, like, show that I'm here, so I'm going to try to move it as little as possible, while also kind of still paying attention to the travelogue, because I specifically want to see if there's a date in the credits, but I can't bring myself to fast-forward it. So, you look out the window, and you see film crew. You see people, and you see, you know, uh, you see the crowd gathering outside, and they've set up a chair, and you see on it, it says M. Caldwell. Mm -hmm. And, like... There's, they're all, the crowd is around, you see a producer, you see, you know, your producer, the producer that you were sent here on the order of, um, whose name is Byron Mulroney. Uh, you see Byron, he's on the phone. And he's, he's telling, where the, and he, he looks up and he points at you and he starts, you, you can't quite hear him because the TV is on and because you're on the second floor, but you see him pointing and starting to shout a little bit. Like he sees you through the window and he's like, hey, you know, fuck down here. And the last thing that you hear before it wraps up, before you briefly get to see the date, is the interviewer, you know, you looked away and it, and, and, and you realize that you in, in, you know, you realize in that kind of split attention way that you lost track of the TV for a second. Mm-hmm. But just in time to hear yourself say, I guess if I were to tell myself anything, it would be Max. Don't do it again. It's not worth it. And you look, and the last shot of this documentary is just you staring at the TV screen. Or is you staring at the camera. You know, the you that is not you. Not even saying anything. 
just staring. And then it fades to black, and then it goes through the credits for about 30 seconds, and then you see the date is tomorrow. Oof. And that clock strikes 12. So I guess I should say it's tonight. Or today. Wait. 12 p.m. or a.m.? The next day. The next day has... The next... Tomorrow has become today. Okay, so they're filming at night. They're filming a night scene. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's how I could see the lights. That makes sense. Um, Yep. I guess I just, like, was destroying all of my... All of the Airbnb furniture for so long. I lost track of time. time. Yeah. (sighs) Um... I, uh, I, like, look around, like, at my bag, like, like, where's my bag? It's against the, it's, 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 well, it was against the door and it got pushed off to the side. Okay. I'm going to, like, grab my bag, kind of, like, look through my notes, like, kind of, like, it's so many notes, like, I'm not going to, like, spend, like, I go to look through my notes and it's like, ugh, there's no way I can... Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. we wrote all these notes all over the script, and it's just like, there's no way we can uh, get through this. And it's like... The one thing that you do see, as you're flipping through, you didn't highlight anything before. Yeah. And yet there are lines highlighted, as though they are your lines, for a character named Max. What do the... What do the... What do the lines say? Like, well, the page that you flip to is towards the end. It's not the last few pages, but it's close. And the one line that you can see, like the line that immediately catches you, and this is the final note of the scene. Oh, God, please don't. Please, I'm begging you. Oh, God, please don't. Screams. Ugh. And is, are the screams highlighted? Yeah. Ugh. In the sort of stage That's direction not, way. Oh, no. <laughs> that has terrible implications. Um, cool, 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 cool. Not at all. Um, do we want one more scene or do we want to go to the journey into darkness? Um, oof. Uh, okay. I guess it, it, this is what it matters. Do you want to do the journey into darkness as the DM or as the character? Do it as the DM. Yeah. I think it's your show. I feel like that's, that's the only way. All right. So, so why don't we uh, why don't we do, do one it. more scene and then, right? Like oh, because um, it'll be my find- I'll DM a scene, and then you do the journey into darkness for the next. Uh, one. I believe. Let me double check. Well, I think because I think actually I think we kind of hand it continue to hand it back and forth through the journey into darkness. So it's really more of like it's really more of just if we think if we think it's time for oh, the thing. Oh, I think then it, that if that's the case, then I believe that yeah. it is time to start the journey into darkness. Yes. Yep. Okay. So then, um, okay, then yeah, let's let's confront this final horror. Okay. So the journey of darkness is divided into turns. On each turn, we will, on each turn, we will take the role of either the narrator or the witness. Uh huh. And we will either describe the environment that I that you encounter, or describe your the witness's sense of horror as the journey continues. This this goes on until we uh this goes on for at least twelve turns. So we're gonna go back and forth a total of twelve times. Okay. After that, of after that, if we hit the sixteenth turn, we must narrate the end of the journey. Okay. So I will start, and then I'll hand it off to you, and you'll see how it goes, and yes. we'll get into right, it, great. and we'll just keep track. So, for the first one, I will be the narrator, and I will say, you go outside, mm-hmm. and everyone's waiting for you, and they say that we've got to shoot the meltdown scene. And, uh, like, uh, the set is there, you know, everyone's there, everyone is very calmly reading their lines. And no one seems bothered. Everyone seems okay. Uh-huh. And that, like, are they, like, looking at me expectantly? Yeah, everyone is kind of, like, looking at you to kind of get with it and, and get into character and get ready to, to record. Uh-huh. Okay. And that is my, that is my turn. It is simply, simply, uh, the next phase of the horror. Okay, so then... I take a turn and I can either do the actions or describe the what happens. Yeah, you can either describe what happens 
or you can describe what's going on in the character in uh, Max's What they're head. thinking. Okay, I'm yeah. actually going to do one. I'm going to uh, continue the narration then. Okay. Um, because immediately what happens is an assistant type, like someone who is your age, right? But yep. on a set that's generally a PA or whatever, walks up and they are holding a weird... Like, it looks almost like an amoeba, right? Mm -hmm. But it is like the size of a dice, like a, a, a standard, you know, a standard size, yeah. like Monopoly D6, right? And, but it is like moving and pulsating. And he's, uh, he says, they're ready to do whatever, uh, but you, you need to put this in your ear. I, they say it kind of casually, like, they're ready to right. do whatever, you just need to put this in your ear. I look to the dist. I look at the amoeba, and I look at the film crew, and I look in the distance towards the graveyard, mm -hmm. and I run. Um. I scramble. <laughs> I book it, and I'm just, I'm, I'm fleeing the scene, yeah. because this is yeah. too much. Okay, okay. Towards the graveyard, because I know I'm there, and... God damn it. Right. I know I said not to go to the graveyard, but at least they'll get, at least I'll have some kind of an answer. I don't know if this is like a full turn, but it, but I just picture the person like behind you, like Mr. Caldwell, Mr. Caldwell, you need the, <laughs> what else is it? Like, well, what, let me ask like, you, let me like, follow. They're, ask they're like chasing question. after you. Like you, you need the, we can't get it if you don't. <laughs> What's everyone else doing at that point? Um, They've all started, like, some of them started running, some of them started acting like Civil War reenactors, some of them with cameras are filming, some of them with cameras are being filmed. It's like, it, it kind of looks like a very, it's very chaotic. Like, you, like, as you run uh, past, you see a Civil War, or not Civil War, sorry, Revolutionary War, um, a, uh, you know, uh, your traditional red coat, right? Um, mm -hmm. but they're shooting at a camera person who has mm -hmm. like kind of an old timey camera, you know, like they're, they're, they're like spinning the, the wheel on the film camera. And that is being filmed by a person in a revolute, in a, in a union. What is it? Uh, is it, it'd be the union outfit? The, uh, not union um the 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 yankees the, the yeah the yankees well no that's against civil war i keep doing oh, yeah the the american side right uh the rebels at the time yep. uh outfit is holding a camera and filming that scene but they're holding like a digital like a, a new camera and it's just yeah. like a thing that you see as you keep running by with uh, this assistant type person on your scene just keeps yelling, we can't get it if you don't, like, you can't hear a lot of it because there are gunshots mm -hmm. and everything going on. As, uh, as Max is running, you realize the streets were very dark before, right? Right. They just didn't have street lights. Right. Which makes the fact that you're well lit very off-putting. Yeah. Until you realize there are stage lights overhead. Until you realize that, like, there are stage lights overhead. You see shadow, shadows, shadowy figures behind them. They can't be filming this, right? They can't have known that you were going to run, right? But then who were the, the figures behind the lights? Right. Um, with that thought, I just stop. I just stop. Like, I just like, like, not, I don't even intentionally stop. It's like I was running on pure animal... Like, you know, like fight or flight, but like, this is like a, a real like deer in headlights, like that sudden realization of how did they know which direction I was going to run makes me just hey. like stop short. The PA behind you trips. Oh. The amoeba goes flying into the darkness. A few people, a few people, somebody nearby with a knife stops and like helps him up breaks character to stop and like pick him up and you swear you hear from like an ear set from somebody nearby 
in your voice, just say, just keep going, keep going, keep him moving. He's got to stay moving. I round on the person who I heard my voice come from. Like, I just, like, turn and just, like, let me talk to him. Like, you, you don't, like, you don't fucking know where I'm running. You don't know what I'm doing. I need, you, 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 whoever that was, I, I need to talk to him. And I think, uh, this is, this is a Civil War soldier. This is a Civil <laughs> okay. War Union soldier. Uh-huh. Um, with, uh, covered in blood coming, like, blood, maybe fake, maybe real, coming from his mouth. Looks at you, you know, looks at you, hands caked in blood and viscera, looks over at you and just kind of, I mean, all right, dude, like, you don't gotta fucking yell and like pulls the earpiece out and just hands it to you and like shrugs. Is it an amoeba? It is an amoeba. Ugh. I put the amoeba in my ear. Like I, I, I it's like, it's very difficult. Like I do it very slowly. Mm-hmm. Like I keep like, like retching, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's like, just it's, it feels just like, it feels disgusting and slimy mm-hmm. in my hand. Like I can tell. Just get to the fucking graveyard. We've only got so much nighttime. We cannot shoot this scene in the day. And that's my turn. Okay. Uh, I. Oh, geez. I feel like it's just like hearing my own voice. Even though I knew it was going to be my own voice, I feel like I still like fucking freeze up. Pardon my language. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, you can swear. Okay, all you good. Want. Fuck. Uh, I feel like we had this exact same exchange last time. It, uh, we, like I have it again. with 90% of my right. guests. Uh, so, uh, I, is, does the person who I took the earpiece from have a musket or a gun of some type? No. Camera? Uh, just bloody fists. <laughs> He's just, who was he fighting? You're not even. You're not even sure. He's like just, you've just seen four different fights walk by. Okay, um, and they, they all look very realistic. I'm going, you know, to, to the point that you can't be 100 percent certain that they are staged. I am going to take either whichever is closest, a gun or yep. a camera. There's actually two of them next to each other. Okay. Yeah. They're suspiciously placed next yeah. to each other. I will grab both a gun and a camera and then uh say, You think you know how this ends? You wanna go you want me to go to the graveyard? Um uh just like kind of like at this point he's kind of snapping. Like he yeah. there's like a whole like uh amount of uh you can't tell me what to this is my life, I'm not in a yeah. movie. Um and then like he just Turns to was <laughs> what? What are the what are the the people around him? Like, is there a red coat soldier nearby? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a red coat soldier um, stabbing. Red coat soldier is stabbing the PA that tripped. <laughs> Jesus! And again, you can't like you can't tell. tell what what is real. I just shoot. I shoot the the red coat soldier. And falls falls dead. You didn't see a bullet, but there sure was a realistic-looking wound. From the amoeba, you just hear your own voice. Yes, okay, thank you. All right, you, you shot, you shot him dead. Now come, let's talk. Let's. We need. We need the. We need the final scene. I uh, run. There was like a weird noise on my end. It was very creepy. In addition to this already <laughs> creepy stuff, um. I, uh, I run away from the graveyard. I feel like, I don't think Max Caldwell runs towards the graveyard. You know what I mean? Like, he, like, has a great memory, thinks about where the graveyard is, runs in the opposite direction. Yep. And so I think that is where I call for the final horror. Okay. Uh, do you have a super great idea for it? Because I have a strong idea for it, if that's all right. I have... An idea that I could work with, but I do not know that it is a strong idea. Okay. I think we end at Ray. We end at Ray and Sons. Okay. Uh, We end at Ray and Sons Cafe Coffee Shop. Okay. All night 
all night drinks, all night drinks and uh, drinks and discovery. Okay. It's a little, little shindy bar uh-huh. on the lake. Not on the pond. Not on the pond, on the lake. Is it dry? It's dry. Okay. <laughs> um, it was a lakeside bar right. and now it's sort of just a general store slash bar. Right. You run and you run and the lights, you know, you run away from the lights and you get there. And God damn it, he's sitting right there. Single spotlight on him. Single spotlight on the table. Single spotlight on an open chair. Camera rolling right in front of him. You see the little red light on your camera. Yeah. You realize that this whole thing is still being filmed. You walk over. You sit in front of him. And he sighs. And he smiles. And he's like, "You, how are you doing? You need water? You need anything? Coke? Anything we can get you before the final scene? Are you good? I would like a Coke. All right. Can we get a Coke? Yeah. I, is, is RC okay? They, they can't. They don't have Coke around here for some reason. Yeah, it's fine. All right. Can we RC a cola? And they slide a glass bottle, which is nice because it's got the real sugar. Um, and he's like, okay. Um, and action. And he shudders a little bit. And you hear the the panic and the massacre coming closer to you. Gun, guns fires are starting to go off. And so here we are. You and I. What do you need to know? You got to ask questions. I got to. This is like an improv type situation. Did I make good, good, good shows? Define you. I mean, me. Specifically, me, me. The hard question is, have you made any good shows yet? Will I? Uh, That brings us back to define you and the panic and the onslaught is coming a little closer you see we don't really you don't really i don't really know what this town is because it ain't in our time your time my time it ain't in any of our time we keep getting here and we keep finding out that we've made something First, it was Guns Over Guthrie. Then it was the deadliest sport. Well, the deadliest sport. You you were gonna make the... It's really hard to explain logistics of it. The deadliest sport is new, and frankly, it's but the paranoia angle, it sounds like it's gonna be really cool, and I can't wait to watch it myself. Am I losing you? Does any of this make any sense so far? I feel like... I just feel like the time travel storyline is really good, right? It's solid. It's really, it's, and the thing is, I want to write my thing, but this is good. That's, that's just it. This is what I have to write, right? Yeah, but, But and that's, guns over, it's what we're, it's what we're doing here. The swordsman. It's what I'm doing here. The swordsman, you know, would it have been good? the, The swordsman was my fucking masterpiece. I'm so proud of that. Do, the the sword fight in the first episode, I, they redid it in the third season. And it wasn't as good. Yeah, but like, but it. Fuck. But did we ever figure out a good resolution to the the headmistress in Deadliest Sport? That's that's for you to figure out. Like I didn't touch, I didn't touch that one. That's all you, or it will be, or it already has been. The thing is, we keep coming back here because we always run out of ideas. And the more we come back here, the more fucked up it all gets. we They didn't used to be amoebas. The first few times I came here, they were earpieces. And he peels the amoeba and it's got blood on it and he slams it on the table. They used to be earpieces. Like, this is fucking weird, right? Um, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what to say. I feel like. The earpieces, the, the the deaths, the no, it, it makes sense. You just have it's, to let go, right? There is no swordsman. I don't know. There is I no mean, greatest sport. There's just Guthrie, Guthrie over Road. Guthrie's. Yep, and that's and that's what we're doing here. 
you and me. And from behind the camera, you step out. And me and us, we keep coming back. Because all every single one of us has... We keep realizing... We keep realizing that Guthrie over Guthrie's is our masterpiece. And the more that we come, the more... The more we fuck up the storyline, and now it's... We've got murders, and... So what do we do? What's the ending? Have you got it? Do you know how we end this? Because... Fuck, man. I feel like... We're in a weird spot. I, uh, I just, uh, so I, I feel like I was sitting at the table, right? And I had the camera, I just like instinctively put the camera by the window so that it was kind of filming us both. And there's kind of like third, there's the third you that's holding the camera. There's like several cameras and like some of them are camera people. Some of them are Revolutionary War soldiers. There's like a guy in a dinosaur costume that's not very realistic holding a camera. There's like people with guns aimed at us, you know, but, uh, but, um, I've been fiddling the whole time. I've been fiddling with one hand with the coffee that was already sitting there at the table. Mm -hmm. Um, and, the uh, my other hand was just you know off off camera, and I pull it up and put the the gun on the table, and it's now somehow like a blunderbuss. Like yep. it's not quite it's not the it's it's not a rifle. It's more of like a very large handgun of the old timey variety. Yep. Um, and I say, well, the way I see it. There's really only one ending. And, uh, I just pull, I, I kill the one that's sitting in front of me. Mm-hmm. And then I turn to the one that was holding the camera. Yep. And I say, you get it though, right? Of course. And then I, like, as he starts to say, of course, you know, I pull the trigger. And then just, yeah. he. Like two or three more run out and you gun them all right. down. And, and it just, he just starts finding himself right but he like before he leaves the diner he suddenly like hits his head uh hand on his head and he goes back and grabs the camera yep right and he grabs the amoeba that was sitting on the table the bloody one yep and he puts it in his other ear and then he yells places everyone places as he just like starts running through with the camera and the gun. Yep. Uh, you know, just mowing himself down anywhere he can find himself. And and that's our final <laughs> horror. Is just watching you from a distance do this. And then I think our epilogue is that it does okay. <laughs> it's no It's, it's no, no deadliest uh, sport right. season 2. It's no swordsman. There's no, no swordsman. sword. There's no real sword fight. It definitely gets like it's it's got decent reviews though. Right. Like in terms of in terms of you know it's AV Club scores of B minus, which is you know decent. Hey, that's not bad. Yeah, that's what that's what the Muppet movie got, or that's what the 2011 just, Muppets got. I just picture for some reason him in the library, which is the church. Like this yep. is like we we never really did anything. But it's also their jail. Yep. Right? <laughs> and he's just, like, in, like, prisoner garb, like, sitting there, like, on the internet looking at the Rotten Tomatoes score, which is considerably lower <laughs> than the... I, I think it's not for, peop- like, the people, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a, it's critic score is, like, a 92, right, and right. its audience score is, like, a 30. Right, right. And, uh... There are people that liked the the prequel better. <laughs> yeah, there, and it just he's he's sitting there and he looks at the scores and I think the last thing that we see is, uh, uh a camera's put in front of him. Uh huh. And somebody sits down. And is like, so um, this is gonna be a pretty quick interview. We just kind of want to get your thoughts on um Oscar season. You know, it, the big announcement's gonna drop Tuesday. Right? The nominations drop Tuesday, so we want to kind of get your thoughts and get out in front of it. 
Oh, I, I, I won. No, you were, uh, you were nominated. No, I, I, I won. <laughs> like I, that, uh, you'll see. Well, hey, we appreciate the, yeah, we appreciate the confidence. And I think that's where we end. <laughs> like that's game. Yeah, it's great. Fuck, that was good. Yeah, it was that really got good. so weird. Yeah, it I got real it. weird. That felt like a, like almost like a old school, um, what's it called? Uh, um, like I didn't actually feel very, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, the, what's the name of the game? A uh, Lovecraft desk. It felt more yep. like, uh, the outer limits or Twilight Zone. It felt very Lynchian. Yeah, to me. yeah, no, totally, totally. I could see or that. Like, or like Lynch or a Cronin, yeah. like very kind of uh, like the rules of reality are breaking. Right, right. What's uh, what's the guy who did? Is is one of them the one that did a uh, Jacob's Ladder? Um, it might be. Or it like Cronenberg, Brazil. <laughs> it, uh, Brazil was Terry Gilliam, yeah. but it definitely had that right. kind of. Um, yeah, it definitely had that that very just kind of trippiness. Yeah, to where it all kind of like it, it's worked out. Pretty okay. Yeah, good t- good times. Good times. Well, thank you so much for doing the show. This of was course. awesome. Oh, wait, real quick. Yes. One last thing I want to do. Um, so what were your general like leaps uh, leaps of assumption? Oh. I can go through mine real quick if you'd yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. We should go back and forth, right? So what was yeah. yours for the so first one? One was the world is out of time or the world is out of time or sync. Okay. I had written alternate reality nexus. Yep. So we were kind of on the same page right. for scene two. I had that um, because scene two was oh, what was scene two? Because I'm trying. Uh, scene one was the mini mart. You meet Roy. Uh, and then scene two was everything is kind of different. Right. Right. That that was when I had definitely written down because originally I wrote down either um, either Max has time shifted. Either he's hopped to a different dimension. Sure. Or this is, or this town is unstuck in time. For right. scene two, I, I had definitely locked in that we were in a different dimension. Yeah, I wrote stuck in a different dimension for that one. All right, so we were on the same page. Um, for scene I three, did also in parentheses write Nexus question mark. Like, like it might be a thing where I, yeah, well, we'll see. I, I get to that in a moment. So for scene three, I had written down that Max's work was shifting and bending and breaking reality oh. that like he, that like the stuff that he had written yeah. now and in the future had been like altering the time stream i had written that there were different portals throughout town that mm. teleported him to different realities Love like that. that something about the world or about the town caused it to exist in all these different realities and as he like traveled um, on the road, and I was specifically picturing that, like, whenever he crossed, like, in my head, it yeah. was, like, whenever he crossed, um, w- Old Guthrie, Old Guthrie road. road, which happened all the time, because it's, like, the main, like, the one non-main yeah, main road in the town, he would go into a different cool. one. That's That's what I had thought. That's wild. <laughs> um, so I then, for scene four, yeah. which was, you're back at the house... And, like, wait. everything is sort of... Wait, what was scene four? It was Ray and Son. Right, right, Ray and Son. For Ray and Son, I had written down, uh, like, I had underlined different reality. I had underlined skip and reality. Right. At this point, this is where I was like, it's definitely the roads. Like, okay. we had... Because it was always on a, on your bike. Like, the character was always on their yeah. bike. And, like... But uh, I realized now, thinking about it, that that's not actually possible because they left the Mini Mart... And their bike was on the different side. Like, I did that, and that wasn't on a road. But... So, that makes sense. Right. So then for scene five, here's what I had for scene five. Okay. Which was, uh, you pull up, which was Max pulls up, the, the you tear apart the apartment. Scene five was where I had kind of connected with, like, where, like, the end of it was sort of what we had followed through with, which was that... This was a nexus in reality. Yes. That the town was outside of time and space. Yes. Max had figured that out and kept coming back to, like, get his future things. Interesting. And had kept coming back to, like, yeah, yeah. write down more things. So, at this point, I realized that it wasn't necessarily the roads. It was actually just coordinates. Like, mm. as he moved, depending on which directions he moved, he would move either in time or in space, or, uh, sorry, mm. time or in realities. Like, so it would be like different, 
decision trees or whatever. Like, I still very much thought it was alternate realities, which is at some point I did a thing where it was like, I am not you. Yeah. Like, like that's where I was thinking, like, it's not just one, like, version of him. Right. It's versions of him from different, like, I guess when a timeline, like, when he goes back in time and does a thing, it causes a reality split and then there's a different version of him is kind of what I was thinking. That makes sense. And then, so then the next scene was more of the same for me in terms of, like... Uh, so that was, so yeah, the, the, the next scene was, was that scene five or six? The next one was scene six, which is the first time that I realized that there was a time element. Yes. That's where I realized that there was a time element. Because before I thought that the time elements were just, oh, in this reality, he became famous earlier or later or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that was when I had kind of been like, that was when I realized that time and space were in play. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I loved the, uh, like, when, when we were shorting in and out of time, was like, okay, so we are alternate versions, but right, we right. can't make contact, right. and we are not the same person, right. but, like, there's multiple versions of me all converging on this place at the same time. Right. Was when it, was when it turned from, was when it turned from Max has, has been taking advantage of this and fucking with the time stream. To Max keeps coming back. Alternate right, versions of right. him keep like this is a place that is dragging. This is his hell, and like every and time he bleeds it dry a little more, and the story gets and more and meta ex- and more ridiculous, violent, right. and violent and weird. Yeah, and that was when that was sort of the the whole journey into darkness. The seventh scene yeah. for me was like was that this was that it had just lost all semblance of reality. Until, right. you know, until it was he was no longer able to come back because he had been killed. Right. Like, that's the inevitable ending to the thing is that it always goes to the point where there has to only be one of them. So yeah. the newest one always destroys all the rest of them somehow. And then live, lives out the rest of his career until he finds he has to come back. And then, and then be the killed. next. Yeah, exactly. And then there's there's just 16 more of him right. already there. Yeah. Fuck, that's good. Sweet. Love it. That was good. Yeah, I agree. Sorry about that. No worries. I would also I would also absolutely listen to a podcast of Twilight Zone-esque actual play. Right? I mean, like, that just sounds like... Side related note. Uh, you should check out You Are Not Alone. It is a podcast. It is a horror. It is an all-horror uh, actual play. It is an all-horror, all-two-person uh, actual play. Sweet. Focus entirely on horror games. I listen to some serial horror like uh, podcasts. Um, there's like a bunch of really good ones. Mm-hmm. There's like a number of like finished ones that I think are like really good. Um, that it's like for some reason people only ever want to listen to podcasts that are like on. But it's yeah. like sometimes it's like a novel or a movie. Like, um, uh, have you heard of uh, the Black Tapes? Yes, I've heard of it. I have not listened to I it. I think I probably mentioned it to you the last time. <laughs> I'm going to send this. I like love I'm going to send you a link to You Are Not Alone because okay. it's good. I, I just wrote it down. But uh, but then there's uh, there's like two like short novellas that are on the same feed, essentially. like uh, Or they're novellas, essentially, right? But it's like... Um, yep. It's called uh, Life After. Okay. I think is the name of the feed currently. But then it has both of the stories... And they're like these sci-fi. I think it started out as the message, and it's like, oh yeah, okay, I do know that one. Okay, well, like that became Life After on the same feed, and Life After is also very good. Okay, it's like the same people who did, um, yeah, it's actually just called Life After parenthesis or uh, slash the message. Okay, but, I will have to check that out because I like the message. Yeah, um, and I, I think it's on the same level. Like, the, okay. there are reasons why everything you hear is being recorded, which I really love in fiction. I do like that. I like that yeah. a lot. All right. Okay. So let's do the intro-outro, and then we'll call it a night. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. This was awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I had a great time. So real quick, before we wrap up, where can people find you and your work online? Uh, wormtooth.net is where you can find my music, uh, all of my things. Um, wormtooth.net slash... M I T L C man in the long coat, um, is where you can find the ARG I talked about earlier. Um, but you can, if you just go to warm there are links. Um, and you can also see 
my music videos and my songs and everything else um, that I have is Heck on there. Yeah. yeah. Well, my friend, thank you so much for coming on. This was this is one of the cooler games that I've played in a very yeah. long time. I'm completely jazzed up about it. Yeah, this game was sweet. I would love to come on and do. I also love that it's not. It can't be continuous because mm-hmm. you know it in the nature of the thing. It's great. So for now, I am going to throw it over to me in the future so that he can wrap up with the show. Okay. Hi, Jeff. Bye, Jeff. Thank you, future me. Thanks, past me. And thanks again to Wormtooth for coming on to the show. That game was, wow. Like, that game was ex- was ambitious and cool and weird and creepy in all the right ways. I fucking loved it. Be sure to check the show notes for information about Lovecraft-esque. Be sure to head to wormtooth.net to check out Wormtooth's album, check out The Man in the Long Coat. It's all very cool and good. And also follow Wormtooth on Twitter at underscore Wormtooth. Then while you're on Twitter, follow us at Party of One Pod. Then like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash Party of One Podcast. Join our Discord community at bit.ly slash Party of One Discord. Talk to us about pro wrestling or gritty or the show or whatever. We're around. If you enjoy the show, a few things that you can do are review the show on iTunes, Podchaser, Podbean, whatever platform you listen to podcasts. The more reviews we have out there in the world, the easier it is for new people to find the show, which helps us grow and do bigger, better, and cooler things. You can also support the show monetarily at patreon.com slash jeffstormer. Patreon dollars not only support podcasts that I make, but games I design, community efforts I spearhead, all of that kind of cool stuff. You can also just tell a friend about the show or talk about loving the show on social media. Anything to do, you know, show the love is really what it is. If you love this, if you love anything, talk about it, share it with people, share it with the world. Speaking of something that I love, a podcast that I am very, very fond of, and that's only partially because I'm on it, is All My Fantasy Children. All My Fantasy Children is a character creation, storytelling, and world-building podcast powered by you. Every week, my best friend Aaron Catano says, and I take a listener-submitted prompt. We spin it into an original fantasy character, and we populate a shared universe one story at a time. New episodes drop every Friday at allmyfantasychildren.com. Party of One is produced and edited, as always, by Jeff Stormer and Jen Frank. All music for the show comes from the song Infinite Lives by Mega Ran, featuring the D&D Sluggers. If you'd like to inquire about advertising rates, press coverage, or about coming onto the show as a guest, you can reach me at partyofonepodcast at gmail.com. And that's it for me. Until next time, thank you so much for listening. Remember to fight the forces of fascism every single goddamn day. Remember that self-love and self-care are radical and defiant acts of resistance. And as always, party on, everybody. 